Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to another episode of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational Podcast. I am Justin Mason, and I have another fantastic guest for you today, and that is Michael Legetto from Lookout Landing and Pitcherless. Uh, Michael is kind of a newer guy on this scene, but a fantastic interview nonetheless. Does great work over at PitcherList. Uh, really, really enjoy uh, everything that he does there. Uh, and then he's got you know his work over at Look at Landing. He's got his own podcast that focuses on the Seattle Mariners. If you're into that great Northwestern team, so definitely check out all of his work. I had a really nice conversation with him. We talked about. Uh, you know, obviously where he got his start within the industry, uh, but also, you know, how he trades because he's a trade act addict, apparently, uh, and talked about kind of uh, some underrepresented groups within the fantasy industry, uh, and he uh, belongs to one of them. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to kind of pick his brain as there is a movement within the industry to try to become more inclusive. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this interview. This is Michael Legetto from Lookout Landing and PitcherList.com. Joining me now is Michael Legetto from PitcherList.com. Michael, thank you for joining me. Yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. Uh, you know, I've been on a couple streams with you, but it's uh, it's cool to to finally join the podcast with you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you're one of my favorite kind of new people in the industry, so... Uh, it's a pleasure to actually get a chance to sit down and talk and it just be us and get to little, learn a little bit yeah. more about you. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the other day someone, I was going to say that's the nicest thing that anyone's ever said to me, but the other day I, I was like, well, I think it's what made you reach out to me, but I was like, hey, if, you know, especially for like new people, uh, if you invite me onto your podcast, I'm not going to say no. And <laughs> someone someone said Oh, dude, I would I would create a podcast just to be able to talk baseball with you. And I was like, what the hell, man? That's a, I've never had anyone say anything that nice to me. So, um, yeah, it's the second nicest thing that anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> well, and like, you know, some people like are afraid to do what you did in terms of just putting it out there on Twitter, putting it out there like, hey, if someone needs a podcast guest, I'd love to come on. But I tell people, like, be bold like that. Like, yeah. you know, I mean. For instance, there's what 395 people in TGFBI. 
you know, it's going to take me a while to get through each individual <laughs> participant. But yeah. if you go, hey, I want to be on, then, like, you know, you're going to get bumped mm-hmm. up to the front of the list. You know, it just <laughs> makes it easier because then I can be like, right. okay, well, well, let's figure out scheduling. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely glad you did that. Let's talk about a little bit about you. Uh, first, where can people reach you on social media? So... I feel like I'd like need to change my username because it's just not easy to say or spell or whatever. But uh, my name is Disty Mikey, which is like D Y S T H Y M I K E Y, and like the reasoning for that, it's a pun. Like it's it's um, so I'm pretty like uh, I work in the mental health world, and so I'm pretty open with my own mental health. Uh, but dysthymia, which I don't think is a, a term anymore, like in the DSM, but uh, essentially, it was a term in like the DSM-4 for like persistent, um, like chronic depressive. It's basically like persistent depressive disorder, uh, and it just basically means like mild chronic depression, uh, which I have. And so I was like, oh, it'd be pretty funny if I like just smashed dysthymia and Mikey together, <laughs> but no one, but no one gets it. So um, that's where you can reach me on Twitter. Uh, you know, like Justin said, you can find me on PitcherList and, and Lookout Landing. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty reachable. <laughs> I'm I'm on social media too much. Well, no, you should be on social media too much. That's like part of yeah. it's like part of the gig. So people right. people like you tweet too much. It's like, well, that's that's <laughs> part of like building a brand and you know yeah. letting people know who you are. So yeah. uh, we'll talk more. <laughs> we'll talk more <laughs> about that here in a little bit. But first, like, how did you get into baseball in general? Like. Did you grow up playing? Uh, did you just grow up watching? Like, what in what is drawn you to the game? Yeah, so like, I think my fondest memories from being a little kid were like they all have to do with sports and, um, like again, like I have OCD, so maybe you know my like it was like an obsessive thing uh, as it pertains to sports. But like when I was growing up. I have so many stories about, like, in T-ball, my mom would make me do, like, the Ichiro, like, sleeve tug, like, um, you know, uh, whole routine, which is hilarious because I'm not waiting for, like, a pitcher to pitch. It's There's just a ball on a tee. But, like, I would do that and, like, people would make me do that at family events or, like, I would go to a neighbor's bonfire and, and everyone knew that I loved baseball. So they'd be like, oh, Mikey, like, uh, what's uh, Brett Boone's, like, how many ribbies does he have right now? I'd be like, oh, 42. Uh, and they'd be like, what's Ichiro's batting average? And I'd be like, 345. Um, so I would just like memorize, you know, um, like batting stances. And I was pretty into basketball too, but it was always like, baseball is always my like first love. Um, and so I started playing and I played until, <clears throat> I played until probably, I think fourth or fifth grade. And so I've had, uh, f- I think four eye surgeries to this point and, there just reached a point where I like was getting too scared of the ball and my eyes were like not tracking the ball well enough to where I just wasn't very good. And I'm, I'm a really good athlete, like even to this day, but, um, I mean, like hand-eye coordination is like the most important thing in baseball. So it's just like, it didn't work. So I, I hung up the cleats. I played one more year in seventh grade and then, um, that was it. So um yeah i just like have continued to to really love baseball despite being a marriage fan um and then you know i I mean it's it was really basically like jeff Sullivan in high school who at the time he booted up lookout landing and he was writing at fangraphs so it was him and dave cameron and and fangraphs you know people that 
that made it really interesting for me to hop into like the analytics world and see baseball from that perspective. And then, um, just been doing it ever since. So I started my own blog in 2014, um, to write about the Mariners with one of my homies and then just like didn't get read at all really. Uh, and then applied to picture list and wrote there for, uh, probably a year and a half until Kate reached out to me and, and now I'm at Lookout Landing. So it's, a dream come true, like truly. I, I like have been reading Lookout Landing since 2010, and I've always wanted to write there. So it's like I'm just super thankful. So how did you get into the fantasy side of things? Like, did you start playing fantasy, or was that just an avenue to write more? Um. So yeah, I think it was more so. I just wanted to write about baseball, um, and. I'm actually like a relative, I don't think people really understand how inexperienced I am from like, in terms of like fantasy, like TGFBI is the first time I've ever played in a 15, it's 15, right? Yeah. 15 team league. Oh, wow. Um, So I'd never drafted a 15 teamer before. I honestly am more experienced with like home league. So I've played, like, I'm probably most experienced in like eight team leagues, which sucks. Um, but definitely like eight to 12 team leaguers. And, um, so yeah, it was basically just like, I saw, uh, Nick send something out in, in 2018. And I was like, well, I might as well apply, uh, cause no one's reading my content now. Um, <clears throat> and it's just something that is kind of intuitive for me. Like, I, I don't mean to like pat myself on the back too much, but like, I'm just like kind of smart. So it's just like, uh, I, I figured it out as I've gone along and, um, kind of figured out where like I don't know if I'm the the best like fantasy player because I'm kind of lazy and that you know like I don't <laughs> want to stream and like whatever but I think just from an under or like understanding what players are actually good in different formats and and all that stuff like um I feel like I'm pretty strong so I, I know there's, that there are holes in my game and um this is really like my first year being really really which is unfortunate because COVID, but uh, being really, um, you know, into it. Um, so I think it's going to take me a couple years before I'm, you know, pretty seasoned. But uh, yeah, I guess that's basically how it happened. So since you're new in it, uh, this is this this is an interesting dynamic because, mm-hmm. um, you know, usually I'm talking to people who've been playing for 10, 15 years, you know, sometimes even longer than that. I talked to Jeff Erickson recently, yeah. you know, and he... He's been playing since the 80s. Um, so what has Crazy. been the biggest challenge for you becoming a fantasy player? I remember back in like 2013, 14, 15, and feeling so ahead of the game because I was like, oh, I read fan graphs, I read whatever, and none of my friends do. But the... uh, essentially that just gave me like uh, a sense of confidence that I shouldn't have had. It was like, Oh, this guy, like my, my, what I thought like set me ahead back then was like, Oh, this guy's like WRC plus is really good. So he's a good player. Um, So at the, at that time I didn't really understand like regression to the mean. And I didn't understand that like, oh, WRC plus doesn't fucking matter because this is like an app, you know, like a five by like WRC plus isn't a stat. Um, So I think the biggest learning curve for me has been like, yeah, Elvis Andrus isn't a good like real life hitter really. Like, yes, I think 
I was looking at him the other day, and he's like, I think in 2019 or 18, like he had a 76 WRC plus, but like in TGFBI, he was a good shortstop. Um, and so it's just been kind of contextualizing into like the actual leagues, like who's a good player, who's not. And I still fall susceptible to that. Um, but I think that's been like the biggest thing. Um, <clears throat> and I'm just like kind of a rigid person, which obviously like translates into fantasy baseball. So like, I don't like streaming. Like I really hate it and I'm just kind of lazy and I hate dropping like good players. So, um, you know, I'll probably have to do it for some leagues like this, but uh, <laughs> it just gives me nightmares. <laughs> so I think I think I need to um, I think I need to continue to kind of push my rigidities, which uh, I think my counselor would be pretty happy about. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think that's really the biggest thing for me right now. That, that's interesting. Do you find yourself wanting to play more best ball leagues because then you don't have to worry about? Or, or like draft and hold, so you don't have to worry about like those pickups and those. Uh, or, or are you trying to break yourself out of your comfort zone by playing, you know, more fab leagues? I definitely think that like, like I'm in um, Raslam, and that's probably the only like best ball format that I'm in. Um, but I really like the. It sucks because I like the in season management, you know, aspect of it, and I, I really like. People always climb on me and call me like Jerry DePoto because like I'm constantly hitting people up and just like hey man like I got it it's just scratch like you trying to trade um and like I just joined a, a dynasty league and I think I've made in the first three days I think I'd made like 13 trades oh my god <laughs> you're that guy I'm that guy and it's not just like needless like I'm not just like hey man like can I <laughs> you know uh it's like I I took over like a dog shit team and so it was like um just like i have like uh like tristan mckenzie starting uh you know like in my starting yeah so like it's it's a full-on prospect team so i'm trying to like i'm trying to compete as soon as i can um but also i do just get kind of antsy so it's kind of uh both things um <clears throat> but to actually answer your question um i think it's kind of a mix like I do want to play in, you know, some some best ball leagues, but I, I like the in-season management. And so um, it's something that I'm trying to, I'm just trying to like, part of me is like, I'm trying to become a, a better fantasy player. But at the end of the day, if I, if I'm not, I, I don't care. Like, it's like, I have fun doing it. And I think I provide good information for people who are like less rigid than I am. Um, so like, I'm here to help people, you know, be, be strong, fancy players and whatever. And if, if I'm not like, I'm, I'm essentially like, like, I can't even think of someone like Ed Sprague or like, uh, uh, someone who wasn't a very good hitter, but they're like a good hitting coach. Like that, that's what I'm trying to be. Um, uh, obviously I'd like to be a good hitter too in this analogy, but, uh, you know, I'm just here, I'm just here for the ride. Like it's a, it's a cool community to be a part of and, um, you know, I'm just trying to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's an interesting analogy because, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, like, cause you know, let's be honest. Uh, those of us in, in the fantasy industry, when we don't win leagues, we get heat, you know, we get people coming right. at us like, well, they're not very good at fantasy, so they can't be, you know, you shouldn't be taking their advice. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm very much of the opinion that 
you don't have to be a good player to be a good coach. Right. And, uh, you know, some people just aren't as good at the game, but they, they have very, very good insight to the individual aspects of the game, whether that be, right. you know, player performance, statistical analysis, uh, you know, sometimes people just aren't good at playing the game. And sometimes you just don't see how good they are at playing the game because the competition that is public is really, really good, you right. know? Uh, so, uh, I, I, you know, I think often we don't want to admit publicly, like, where our shortcomings are. Um, right. And, you know, I, I try to be as transparent as possible uh, just because I want people to know that, you know, hey, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to win every league. That's why I... Yeah. You know, people are like, why do you keep talking about your main event team that went so wrong last year? Because yeah. sometimes shit goes wrong <laughs> like <laughs> right? that. And, like, if I only talked about the the leagues I won, you'd be like, well, he can't win every league. You know, you'd yeah. know I was lying. So I think that's cool that you're willing to kind of be like, hey, you know, I'm a good analyst, but there's other parts of my game I'm still working on. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I think it's weird. Like, I, I saw someone, it was probably, like, three months ago now, but someone actually, it might've been more recent, but that doesn't matter. He was essentially like, you know, uh, we follow a lot of analysts like who aren't good players. And it was just kind of weird. Like, I, I just thought it was kind of a weird take. Cause it's like, who cares? Like everyone, like again, like at the end of the day, like <clears throat> if Justin Mason isn't a good fantasy player, I still like him. Like he's still a cool person. And I, you know, like, I still like talking to him and like, you know, like playing fantasy baseball with him. So it's like, it's just so silly, I feel like. And and I feel like most people do provide some sort of like good content and good analysis. So, um, yeah, I just think it's kind of weird that like people, I guess, have those opinions. But um, yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's like this, this doesn't matter. Let's go back to your trading uh, talk, because I always find it really interesting. I love to trade, but I'm not, not one of those people. Like, I'm not an Ian Khan, and I don't know if you know much about Ian Khan, mm-hmm. but Ian Khan is like a trade addict. Jake Seeley is a trade <laughs> addict. Ben Brennis is a trade addict. Like, these are, yeah. you know, um, Tom Trudeau is a trade addict. Like, you know, um, and I, I definitely like to trade, and I'm an active trader and stuff, yeah. but I'm not a trade addict. So it's always fun to talk to someone who's pulled off 13 trades in three days and oh, ask man. them, like, what's your process? Like, how do you like how do you go about getting a deal done? Yeah, <clears throat> so we actually, in the, in the Pitcherless Discord, we just had um, <clears throat> kind of a discussion about this because it was like... Um, I think we were talking about just like, how do you set up like the framework for a trade? And, and for me, and I get like kind of flack for this, but I just reach out to people and I'm like, Hey, um, I'm interested in this list of players. And for me, people are like, well, you need to tell them like, or you need to like basically send them an offer right away. And I'm like, why would I waste my time doing that? When like, I want to know what players they like. And then once they give me players that they like, like I, I've tried to be better over the years of like, once I kind of find out who I like and who they like, I just send over an offer because it's like, you get deals done a lot quicker. And I'm just, I'm not someone who's just like constantly trying to fleece people. Like I, I don't mind that like both people leave getting, you know, just like your team gets better in this way. My team gets better in this way. Like if I lose a trade, like quote unquote, lose a trade, but like, my team gets better because of it. Like who, 
again, who cares? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's kind of the reason why I have so much success from like a frequency standpoint. And like, still, I usually feel like I'm getting like, I usually do feel like I'm getting the better end of the deals and I'm not willing or I'm willing to, um, to essentially like sometimes the league will be like, Oh man, like you lost that trade. And I'm like, Oh man, who cares? Uh, so, um, I think that's probably the biggest reason why I'm able to pull off so many. And like, um, obviously it's because I'm super active and I'm constantly like annoying people. Um, but it's also just because, you know, I'm just like, pretty fair and it's like uh <clears throat> like i think I, in my dynasty i think i just traded uh i got urias for luis robert and people were like oh that's not a that's not a good deal and i was like we're in an obp league first of all and also like i do think it is a good deal like the dodgers are a nightmare but um just things like that like the, the i could tell that the guy was kind of surprised that i sent the trade and I was like, oh, no, man, I don't, I don't care. Like, just accept it. Um, so I think, yeah, that's, like, probably the reasoning for it, but not 100% sure. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time that trading is, like, a relationship. And <laughs> if you fuck over your partner too many times, you're going to end up just being all alone. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, I'm all about the, hey, like, you know, I want to help you, you want to help me, let's get this, you know, done and, you know, yeah. help each other because it means that I have a trading partner in the future, you know, if I need something. And that may be, like, a year <laughs> or two or five down the road if I'm playing, like, in a home league or I'm playing, you know, and even, like, a league like Tout Wars. If I go yeah. and burn Gray Albright, you know, <laughs> on a trade, he's not going to want to trade with me the next season. Yeah. Like, you know, and there are people in the industry and just in regular leagues that I refuse to trade with. I got a guy from my own site uh, who we play in multiple leagues together, and he knows I will never trade with him again just just because of the way he acted during a trade. Um, And I told him, like, dude, you you burned me, um, and now it's never going to happen again. So, uh, you know, I'm very much of the mind that, you know, treat people with respect, treat people the way you want to be treated in a trade, mm-hmm. and it'll benefit you in the long run. I can't imagine, I was just thinking about this while you are talking, like, if, so there is kind of another person in, in my new league that's, like, like me. Like, people are like, oh, this dude loves trading. And I was like, sweet, we're going to be, like, best friends. I think we've already made, like, three or four trades already. But um, I was just kind of thinking, like, I can't imagine what it would be like if, like, there were, like, 15 of me in one league. And it was just like, like, players would be sent flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I just I just drafted a three-sport league, football, baseball, basketball. Um, I've seen that. And, yeah, and uh, we were only going to play out this baseball season because it's a dynasty league. Um, mm-hmm. if there was at least 80 games. So we're not playing out this season. It's being shifted to the next year. And there's right. a guy in the league who has made probably 15 trades in the last month, and it's almost all his baseball team. Like, I don't know that he has <laughs> a single player from the draft a month ago that is still yeah. on his team that he drafted. Like, these are players you, he liked enough to draft. Right? Can and you punt a team? Like, is that a thing? You, you you can, 
but it's yeah. it, it's very difficult to win because you get negative points based on where you're at in the standings if you're too right. low. So, I mean, the real strategy is to do well in all three sports to carry Makes you sense. to the over, you know, to the overall. Yeah. Which is not good for me because yeah. I suck at basketball. You know, <laughs> I I just I like I cover baseball obviously, I cover football, yeah. um but basketball like I could not tell you like I could tell you who like the top ten players are, but mm. after the first round of the draft, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going over to like <laughs> DynastyHoops.com or whatever that you know, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know who this guy is, but I'm picking him. Like it's yeah. like it's it's that bad. Like I should really have a partner for it, but it's it's one of the most fun drafts I've ever been a part of because yeah. like the idea of I mean it's it's hard to figure out value you know, position by position in baseball sometimes. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, can I trade Brandon Woodruff for Max Muncy? Like, is that a good trade for me? I really got to think, you know, figure that out. Now try to do it between Max Muncy and, uh, you know, Stephen Curry. Like, you know, like, you know, obviously Stephen Curry is the better overall player, but, like, how much does this change my team? Like, you Mm -hmm. know, and, um, and so, like, I did a deal recently with that guy where I traded him Mike Trout and I got, like, Kevin Durant and I oh, got I Aaron Rodgers and, and I like, and at first I was like, this is a really good deal for me, you know, cause my baseball team stacked. Um, yeah. and then, and then like looking at it, I was like, I think this is a really shitty trade for me, but I, I, <laughs> I, I that's why I put it on Twitter. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, like I needed basketball help, but like, no, now... it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> like sometimes I have trouble just like between formats, like, especially if I'm not used to a format, like in terms of like player valuations, like, I don't know, like how, how good of a deal this is, but like between sports, that sounds like a nightmare. It is, but it's a fun nightmare. It's like one yeah. of those things that like, I can just sit in front of a screen and like, and like compare and just like, okay, wh- like how do I, how do I value this out? Um, but it's, uh, it's really interesting. It's, if people have never played it, uh, and you like all three sports or at least like two of them, like I do, um, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's highly recommended. Right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about your, uh, your work, uh, inside of the, the fantasy industry. You work over at Pitcher mm-hmm. List. What do you focus mostly on? Is it just player profiles? Do you do, uh, you know, like deep dives into players? Do you like, are you more of a strategy guy? Like what, what are your, uh, kind of. Um, strengths in terms of uh, analysis so I think like at the end of the of the day like I just want to be able to <clears throat> essentially someone just comes to me and it's like hey you should write about this and like to be able to write about it because I've written some like I think pretty cool um, articles like um, I think it was last year yeah I wrote an article like about um, Tom Murphy um you know, pitching uh, in the ninth inning and, like, pitching well. And I've written about, like, Kikuchi getting kind of caught. Like, he didn't get in trouble for it, but, like, he was he had pine tar under his cap. And I basically just talked about, like, um, pine tar and, like, the perception, you know, of, like, using it and everything. So, like, I really, really focus on um, <clears throat> what I'll call, like, in-depth player analysis um and that's really my jam just especially like pitching um I think that's kind of what I'm known for just like being able to figure out like what what's going on with this pitcher what are they changing or like what are they doing right what are they doing wrong um and I don't think it should like I wrote about Mike Soroka and I kind of wrote like 
I don't think he's as good as, like, I don't know how sustainable this is. So I want to be able to write, like, about, oh, I think this player's legit. I don't think they're legit. And also just, like, team narrative, um, like, uh, analytical pieces. Um, so the vast, vast majority of my of my pieces are, like, you know, um, they used to be really long. I don't know if you've ever read my my articles from like last year, but they were, they were like deep dives anywhere from like two to 3000 words. Um, and I've scaled it back down to, you know, 1500 or less, or I try to. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've, I'm actually thinking of this year of trying to expand more towards just like writing about actual happenings in like the bit, uh, like the baseball world, just like with teams or whatever. Um, essentially I just want to be Jeff Sullivan. Um, that's, <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, that's like who, that's who I grew up like looking up to as as a writer. So um, that's kind of the end goal. But I'll, obviously, like I want to have my own style. And, you know, like I don't want anyone to ever read my piece and be like, oh, this guy's a Jeff Sullivan, like uh, impersonator or whatever, which I don't think I am. But um, I definitely in the past have pulled some of just like my some of my style and some of just like um, the way that I go about looking at different things. So, um, yeah, the the vast, vast majority are like the pieces I put out recently that are just like uh, like I'm Brandon Workman or, or Hansel Robles, like um, this player is pretty dope and this is why. And like you wouldn't maybe know it, but like here are some underlying things going on with them. So you say you want to be like Jeff Sullivan, which is a great person to be like. Do you right. have the desire or hopes to make this a full-time gig at some point? Like, is that the dream? Because I know you're going to school, you're in graduate school, uh, you know, for kind of social work type stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a lot of money to put towards an educa education to then pivot yeah. towards a low-paying writing job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've thought about it. Um, and... I've kind of changed just like what I want to do even over the past couple of years. Um, I think ideally um, one of my supervisors at work has been trying to convert me to the ABA world. Um, and that's applied behavior analysis, which is what I do for my day job. Um, and it's essentially just like working with kids with developmental disabilities and supervisors essentially just like write programs for these kids and whatever they need. Uh, we try and help them, you know, uh, expand their food repertoire or like stop growling at people instead of like saying hi or helping them from an academic standpoint. Uh, so she's been trying to get me to, I didn't know, but like once I finish my counseling degree, um, I only need like a certain amount of direct and indirect hours to <clears throat> get my B BCBA. So it's, it's kind of tough because I just keep adding things and it's just like, dude, you're not going to be able to like do all these things. Um, so some combination of like being a BCBA, being a counselor and writing, I don't know if I'll ever be able to quit writing, but I, 
I would have a hard time not like with my time not being significantly spent towards helping people and like working in some sort of counseling or or helper setting. So um, I guess I could see it, but I I would be pretty disappointed, especially because I'm 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 spending a lot of money to mm-hmm. you know get these degrees. But but at the end of the day, I I think the most important thing is that uh, I'm living a fruitful life and and that I'm you know making myself happy and and hopefully helping people, whatever that looks like. Well, it sounds like that is uh, a pretty uh, important part of your life, and so mm-hmm. it's good that you're you know trying to do both. H- how do you balance that? Because uh, it's, it's, it can't be easy working a full-time job, going to school and then devoting time and energy into, you know, writing. Yeah. It's, uh, at, at certain points it's, it's been a nightmare, especially like I figured out ways to be a little more efficient and in, in school. And sometimes that just means like cutting corners, which isn't good, but, um, yeah, like my first summer at picture list, I was writing like beast beastly articles and they would take me tens of hours to write um and I was also balancing like having school and having a girlfriend and like I've said this before on like I think other podcasts but like my girlfriend like I'd just be like laying with her in bed and she'd be like oh what are you thinking about (laughs) I'd be like oh uh not you like I was thinking about Tyler Glass now (laughs) Lance Lynn changes delivery and it really seems like it's helping and so, like, honestly, like, that's a lot, like, when I, when I'm not, when I'm not, like, doing, you know, whatever it is, like, even when I'm at work, like, a lot of the time, I'm thinking about baseball, which is pretty hilarious, but um, I think really just, like, <clears throat> trying to set things in, like, different parts of the day, so, like, I have a really set schedule for, um for work and like I leave work at work um school I just try to like kind of peck away at it um and I don't have a girlfriend so I don't have to worry about that right now but um, well of course you don't you were thinking about baseball in bed with her (laughs) I mean uh yeah I mean there there are other issues there but uh yeah that certainly doesn't help um (laughs) but yeah just like really trying to um, I think like prioritizing, which I've historically not been good at, obviously. Um, but yeah, I just like, I, I try my best to, you know, like go to work, get home, like get some, uh, school stuff out of the way because my, my stuff is like asynchronous. So like every Thursday I have things due and then Sunday, uh, things that are related to the Thursday thing are due. So I, it's nice that I'm able to push, like move things around. Like all of the things that I do are pretty flexible. So, um, basically like just trying to balance things and I'm not always good at it. Uh, I will admit that, but, but I do my best. I don't even know if I really answered it. It's your question. It's basically just like, I try to, to prioritize, prioritize things. Well, all right. What do you have coming down the pike? Uh, I've just been trying to write more about, I mean, baseball in general. Um, like there was a long period where I just couldn't get excited about it. Um, I started, so I started that Brandon Workman article like last month and then, God, I love your shirt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, 
what is like what is that? It's Justin Mason got glasses. It's the Justin <laughs> Mason face with glasses on it. Okay. Because I got glasses and, and Kenny decided to make a shirt about it. Um Oh I what was I what was I talking about? Uh oh, what, what yeah, what you have coming down the down the pike right now. Um so yeah, like I just wasn't interested in baseball at all and I started that Workman article, and then I was like, oh, I don't really care about this right now. Um, and I eventually finished it, but um, essentially, um, I'm mostly just trying to write about more hitters because I feel like um, people really respect my my like pitching analysis, but I really want to be known for just writing about pitchers and hitters. Um, and then I really want to start writing about the Mariners. Um, it's kind of hard right now with things kind of at a, a standstill. Um, I'm excited to, to hopefully write about like Taiwan Walker and whoever else. Cause I think he might be better this year. Um, <laughs> well, it can't be worse than last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, really just continuing to, um, expand like my repertoire as it pertains to, you know, what I write about and writing about it well. Um, but nothing like super specific, um, like, I'm trying to be more consistent with my podcast stuff, like talking about the Mariners, but, um, yeah, just just trying to, to do as much baseball stuff as I can. Do you find it difficult sometimes to talk about or write about the Mariners when they suck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause let's be honest, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be ugly this year. I mean, thankfully, it's a shortened season, so it's not going to be 162 games of yeah. awful, but like... Like people want to talk to me about the Giants, and it's like I don't, I don't want to talk about the Giants right now because they're awful. Like, yeah. you know, and like I mean, at least you guys, I like where your farm system's going, mm-hmm. so that that's at least interesting. But like <laughs> my Giants, man, oof. I think um, they have done a pretty good job of keeping me interested enough, just like by constantly, constantly being on the fringe of like being a playoff team. Um, and then now I think they're just kind of fun because we have a lot of interesting players and, and I think that is like, it's going to be a lot more interesting to write about Kyle Lewis and Jake Fraley and Justin Sheffield than it was to write about Nelson Cruz and Robinson Cano and I don't know, Chris Denorfia. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they'll only get more interesting and it will be cool to see how the players develop. And I think it's like, there's only so much that you can write about, like, Robinson Cano, because he's just, like, a stable, good player. Whereas, like, J.P. Crawford, like, I don't know if he's good. Um, so, and just because, like, the roster will be, there's so much, like, I mean, in a normal season, like, calling up, sending down, um, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have, like, deeply, deeply considered just not being a Mariners fan, especially after the kind of allegations of, like, Jerry DePoto and, and Scott Service and people in the organization being racist and sexist and, and whatever. Because um, it's like, yo, guys, I've been a fan for 26 nearly years now, and now y'all are going to be, like, shitty people, too. Um but I don't think I could ever not be a Mariners fan. Like, I, I, I talk a big game, but I don't think I could not. So I'm honestly, like, I, like, I don't know how Jeff Sullivan did it for, like, when we were, like, not only bad, but, like, uninteresting. Like, 
like we had like Jose Vidro and just like the Casey Kochman, like the worst players ever. I forgot about (laughs) Kochman. That's he was going to be the next big thing, you know. Uh, Until he until he wasn't. So uh, yeah, I I think I'll be able to weather the storm. Like it's, um, I think this is the most optimistic we have been since like Jack Zarenzik. Because he was a, a good GM at first because he had people like Tom Tango and and Tony Blangino like in the organization. And then they left and he started trading for Mike Morse and, you know, awful, dumb, basically just for dingers. Um, and so I just I really like where our player development is right now. And I really like, you know, where uh, just the organization is as a whole. I think we have a lot of talent. Um so yeah, I won't lie. Like it's it's hard to be interested in a a team that just perpetually sucks. Like we haven't made the playoffs since two thousand one. We've had I don't know, probably like five winning seasons since then. Uh, maybe a few more, but um, it it does feel you know better than it ever has really in my life since then. What's it like being in the fantasy industry as a person of color? Uh, you know, there's not many in the fantasy baseball industry, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's very. Let's be honest, it's it's very white. Yeah. Um, you know, you're one of the few people in in the fantasy baseball industry that is a person of color. Now, there's a movement, you know, yeah. that is being helped pushed along by people like you know Alex Fast from Pitcher List, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and a lot of other people <clears throat> from a lot of other sites, you know, kind of being a part of this movement. You know, what's it like? you know, being a person of color in the industry and where do you think, where do you think we can improve as an industry in that regards? Yeah, it's, it's been hard. Um, because like I just, no matter where I go at first, it always feels like these people aren't like, these people don't have like shared experiences. Like these people aren't really like me. Um, because you know, like I love, I love all my peeps at pitcher list. I love everyone at look at landing and the fancy baseball community and baseball community is pretty cool. Uh, but it's just like a lot of dorky white dudes. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I'm just like a dorky Brown dude, but, um, it just, it's, it's hard to be just surrounded by people who like don't look like you and don't have your shared experiences. And so, I do my best to, you know, advocate for basically for people who aren't dorky white dudes. And, you know, I I tweeted about this the other day, but I don't I don't want to see the industry because we are we are trying to go hard for women right now. But I don't want to just see this industry become uh, an industry of white women and white men, because like uh, especially in baseball, like white women go, go through a lot of shit, but also um relative to like other people they're very privileged like there's a you know just the way that different intersectionalities of identity you know like interact um like it's a lot harder to be trans or to be black in in the um in the baseball industry and that's not to say you know i don't want to say that like it's not hard but um and i also don't really believe in like a hierarchy of oppression but um i want to see anyone who wants to do this do it. And I've never been able to look at like fan graphs and be like, oh, like there's a person who, um, you know, has like followed kind of a, a similar path to me and like who's kind of similar to me. So 
Really, like right now, I think the change that we're seeing is we're seeing people. <clears throat> I felt kind of weird about it because it's like people are trying their best and I fucking love seeing that. But it almost feels like we're pandering or we're like it's almost like pity for for people of color or, you know, non-binary folks or, or whoever. Um, and I just want to see things be like like women in baseball like the panel um i really wanted that to be a thing and and my original plan for it was just like to have a bunch of like marginalized folks be in it and not just women and it sucks because we're not yet to the point where like people d like just invite people who are not white men to like things like it's not something that they just don't like think about and just do it it's something where it's like it's almost like a quota and it's like we need to you know do better and meet this quota so people are represented and it shouldn't be like that it should be like i'm just inviting this person because they have a cool perspective and i mean Jana scurio said it best and she wrote about women in baseball and i think the the title is like um something along the lines of like yeah we had women in baseball and next year the goal is to not have a woman in baseball panel the the goal next year is just to have women on every panel um so i you know i think it's a growth process especially because like people seem to not understand that like some people are like what like racism still a thing and i'm like yeah man uh, it's not great um so i i think people are growing and and i love to see people doing their best but it's just kind of um it's just kind of disappointing to be like like and, you know, I'm like a watered down Filipino. So, like, I don't experience, like, as much oppression as, like, someone who's full Filipino. But, like, um, it sucks that this is just, like, an awakening for people. And it's, like, it's 2020. Um, but it, it does feel different this time. And I do think, you know, people are kind of shifting, um, you know, they're, they're, I don't even know how to frame it. But people are just changing. Um, and so, yeah, um, it, it does feel really different this time. And, and I think, um, <clears throat> I think we are going to see really substantive changes, but the, it's been a little disappointing for me because I can see people, a lot of people are really excited about just like, um, basically just like owning up to their like white privilege and like white guilt and, or whatever male privilege and I can see people kind of starting to revert back to like where they were. So I want to see people just continue to advocate for and and go hard for not only people of color, but also or not only women, but people of color and and non-binary folks and and trans people. Um, because right now, I just feel like the way that we even talk about these things is really weird because people aren't used to it, um, and so people are like walking on eggshells and like really afraid to be wrong and stuff like that. So I guess that's my really long winded answer of saying like, I just want to see people to continue to own their privilege and advocate for other people and like get to the point where it's like you're surrounding yourself with diversity and being inclusive without being like thinking of it. And, um, I don't know. People talk about like being colorblind and stuff. And it's like, no, that's not what we want. Like <laughs> we don't want you to be colorblind. We want you to 
recognize people's color and recognize how your experiences are like qualifiably different and uh and kind of acknowledge that but then like not be fucking weird about it um so yeah i don't know like i'm, I'm proud of alex fast i'm proud of nick and i'm proud of you know a lot of the people that um are trying to make this you know a, a better more inclusive uh community but it it, it still kind of sucks that we're just like here i guess mm-hmm. oh totally i mean i you know was happy to be a part of that promise that that alex yeah. uh you know, tweeted out, and uh, I, I like to think of myself as a person who uh, is an ally for women, for people of color, yeah. uh, and for the entire industry. And I think that the more inclusive and the more diverse the industry is, the better the industry is overall. Right. So, um, you know, sometimes it's hard though because there is that balance of uh, I I don't want to be someone's savior. I don't want to, you know, th- yeah. there's a savior complex. Uh, and my wife brought this up in regards to women in the industry. Because, you know, sometimes people want to help, but they end up making a production out of it. And I think that is counterproductive. And so it's a a hard balance, you know, me as a, you know, straight white male uh, trying to be an ally, but also not wanting to take away uh, from what should be an honest and and, and, uh, um, good process. Right. And the biggest thing (coughs) that I'll say is like, I've had conversations with my like my counselor about altruism because I get really annoyed at people who like I had this this friend in high school who would just constantly post like, oh, this dude forgot his wallet in the line uh, at the grocery store and he went out to get it and I paid for his groceries. And it's like, cool, man. Like you did. First of all, you didn't have to do that. He was coming back to pay for it. But also you don't need to post about it. So I do think that like we we do need to kind of stop this like like you said, like the white savior complex or whatever. But um, my counselor kind of said, like, who cares, though? Like, you know, at least these people, whatever it may be, like they're doing good things. So I do think that I would rather see, like, the good things happening and, uh, and you know, people can pat themselves on the back if they want. But I really think that people need to, like, just stop being scared of – People have come to me, like a lot of people, just because I'm so, I'm a kind of loud mouth, uh, people have come to me and DM'd me and, and a lot of people are scared of being called out or being wrong. And it's like, no, that's, that's part of the process. Like if you, if you don't make those mistakes, like you don't get to grow from them, uh, which is not to say that you should just like say racist stuff and like get called out for it and grow that way. But you know, like. Um, I've said plenty of shitty things over the year and I'm a better person for it. So, um, I think that people should just do their best and, and if they do make mistakes, like it's, those are things that you can grow from, but like, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I do want to give people props for, for, for doing their best and for, you know, like getting out there and, and advocating for other people. If someone is seeing your work, seeing you, and they're like, man, I want to do what Michael does, like, uh, what advice would you give someone trying to get into the industry? The biggest thing that I would maybe change is that, like, I think the easiest way is just to post your work on Reddit. Um, It's just an easy way for tens of thousands of people, you know, to potentially read your stuff. Um, Because when I booted up my own blog, like I, like no one really read it. Like, unless, unless I like really actively, you know, um, pushed my work out there, like 
it, 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 I don't think it, it ever would have gotten off the ground. So one thing is just, especially if you're a person of color or a woman or, you know, whatever your, your, your like uh, social minority status is, uh, reach out to people. So like, I know that Justin, if you sign his DMs would be happy to, you know, uh, to give you a spot or give you an opportunity. Um, I think reaching out to people that you respect and asking them about their, about their journey, about, you know, how they came to start writing, um, reaching out to me, like, um, I don't get it very often in terms of just like people, cause it's not like I'm like a huge writer, but, um, I, I hope that people feel comfortable, like reaching out to me and, and asking me whatever, cause I'm just an open book, like, uh, I'll, you know, I'll talk to people about whatever. Um, so like that, and then just, yeah, not being afraid to apply for stuff. Like Kate talked about in the women in baseball panel, like, um, if a man and a woman see a, um, like a application for something and the, the woman, um, meets eight of the 10 qualifications and the man meets four of the 10, they're equally likely to apply for that thing. And so it's just like, don't be afraid to, to just like shoot your shot because, um, like the worst thing that's going to happen is like people say no. Um, and I really, I think like the best thing that you can do for yourself is to just write as much as possible. Um, the one good thing that came out of, you know, my blog, um, early on was that, um, I got reps writing about stuff and I got to like get it out of my system, like copying other people's style and writing about things that like, uh, just in terms of like things like looking at like release point, like I used to write about like, Oh, we changed this release point. And like, that didn't actually matter. And that was like not a point that should have been made. So I, I, I worked out the kinks. Um, so writing as much as possible, reaching out to people that you respect. And, um, if there's something that you like from someone's writing, uh, figure out, you know, what that is and, and apply it to your own writing. Um, so I think those are like the, the, the big hitting points, but yeah, if anyone wants to, to like, I don't know, pick my brain about anything, I don't know why you'd want to pick my brain, but, uh, you know, I'm happy to talk to anyone. All right. Remind people where you can reach on social media. Uh, Disai Mikey at Disai Mikey, um, on, on Twitter. And that's D Y S T H Y M I K E Y. I, I need to change that. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's where you can reach me on Twitter. Um, slide my DMs. I'd be happy to, uh, you know, to help whoever do whatever they want. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Mikey. For sure. That will do it for another episode of the great fantasy baseball invitational podcast. Uh, again, you can reach me on Twitter at just Mason FWFB. Uh, definitely hit up Mikey over on his Twitter account, or obviously go read his stuff over at lookoutlandingandpitcherlist.com. Uh, and I really, really appreciate you coming on and uh, really taking some time to dig into some very interesting topics. Uh, really great dude within the industry, and I think he's going to go uh, a long way. I, I really do. He's uh, one of those guys that's been a, a fast riser, really gotten into it in the last year or so, and uh, now is one of those kind of go-to uh, analysts within the industry, at least for me. So hopefully he is now for you. So for Mikey and myself, thank you for listening. Have fantastic baseball season. 
first place in my league. Got a blockbuster on my way and a pickup up my sleeve. They call my team insane. Say I'm the one to beat. So you better bring your A game and start playing. Cause every single week another win for me. Yo, Commissioner, you can just pay me now. City win first place, then take a bow. Finish on top, I'ma set the standard. Don't believe me, you could check the standing. When I draft, I'll make smart selections. Got more sleepers than a narcoleptic. Meet your match, kid, my lineup's nasty. It's far-fetched thinking you might catch me. No surprise, I'm taking home the prize. Only time I rest is a playoff buy. Make amazing finds off the waiver wire. All day and night, better stay retired. See me in first, all proud and cozy. Bro, please, I can't even count my trophies. Bragging, even when my bats are slumping, I'ma pack a punch that track of junkie. I'm the one they don't want to play. First place in my league. Got a blockbuster on the way. And a pickup on my sleeve. They call my team insane. Say I'm the one to beat. So you better bring your A game.